This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wongal people and the Yagara Turrbal peoples. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Strap in. Buckle up. It's story time, folks. This is Australiana Rama. This episode contains some swear words and chlamydia. <laughs> All right, Maddie, hello. Hiya. What's going on? Oh, not much. Here with you to talk about something cool, something dumb, something mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's me. That checks out. Um, that's what I've got prepared, fortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, doll? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Um, you know, it's been quite nice weather here in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been cold. It's been pleasant. Nice and sunny. Mm. Yeah, mm. same here for a little treat. It's been actually cold in Queensland. Um, wow. And not raining. Because mm. yeah, it did rain nice. for about six months. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and everyone's covered in barnacles so now we're able mm. to chisel away at those barnacles we're able to wipe off the mold enjoy the sunshine mm-hmm. um just air yeah. out you know mm. yeah air out under a blanket because it's cold <laughs> yeah it is quite cold um but yeah that's that's good shall we shall i tell you what i'm what i've prepared shall i tell you about the tale yeah, go of whatever. On. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so today I'm going to tell you about a uniquely Australian um, thing or initiative, I guess. Um, koala diplomacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me, I'm like, is it like, I don't know. I just picture maybe it's like Blinky Bill running for prime minister or something, you know? Yeah, my brain goes to kangaroo court first and then it goes mm. to koalas in parliament mm. and then it goes to a big question mark because I'm sure it's neither of those things. No, it's more, it is like, it's pretty literal. It's like koalas as a tool of diplomacy. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I'll, I'll get into that in a second, but just like a little bit of a, we'll go to the past first and then Great. it's kind of where it is now because like koalas um people know what a koala is it's probably like the second most recognizable animal globally after the panda pandas will come up as well i think yeah i think third is tiger but it's quite like a distant third like it's panda koala Mm. and then there's kind of a bit of a fight as to which other animals are the most instantly like recognizable and known by people anyway they're a big deal they're Like, I mean, they are super cute. They also, for the most part, have chlamydia, you know? Yeah. Um, Maybe some of our international listeners may not know that. Um, But yeah, it's kind of like endemic, I guess. It's like, it's really like chlamydia. Riddled, riddled with chlamydia. All of them. Um, They're just full mm, of it, head to toe, claw Mm. to claw. Yeah, they're slow moving. I assume they're smelly. I've yeah. never met one, but but their they chlamydia are is cute. 
different to our chlamydia is that right like it's a different I'm pretty sure yeah or something like yeah. we can't get chlamydia from a koala from a koala not no. that anyone should try but mm. just to reassure yourselves if you yeah, climb a tree you're is, not gonna get an different. std mm. but they do um all have stds bless them um but yeah they're kind of they are a symbol of australia um and you know, also like Australian governments of years past and also now, they kind of export the image of the koala, but also sometimes koalas. Um, Themselves. Like they've, yeah, they've been doing it since like it's, early, like it's the late 1880s. They tried to like send a koala to like a London zoo, like it made it, but then like it died in the zoo. It like got hit by like a wash no. basin. Yeah. What? I thought yeah, you were going like to say it got cold. No, like something broke. Something broke and hit it on the head. Oh. Yeah, it's like really sad. What um, the hell? How dare mm, they? Yeah. They also tried to send a platypus called Winston oh, um, to yeah, the UK for Winston Churchill yeah. in, I think, World War II. But, and it, it, they sent it by boat and it didn't survive. Yeah, um, of course and, it didn't. It's a platypus, and they may or may not have had it stuffed, like taxidermy. Probably did. It's probably yeah. the Natural History Museum. Mm. Um, yeah, in a, but, in a drawer, unattended too. Yeah. So With the, the first other, attempts um, imported, colonized taxidermy animals. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, so the first attempts to you know share the koalas around not necessarily successful. Um, but the first koalas to live in an overseas zoo were named Snugglepot and Cuddle Pie, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, and they were sent to the San Diego Zoo in 1925. So that was that was fine. Um, and, yeah, like celebrities and public figures taking photos with koalas is not new. Mm. Um, in 1934, in the Sydney Morning Herald, there's a photo of... Prince Henry, who's the Duke of Gloucester, whoever that was, a prince in the 30s, on a royal visit to Sydney. And I quote that he was intensely interested in the bears. Um, That's what they put in the Sydney Morning Herald. Bear is a strong word. Of the time. They're not bears. People, Americans in particular, do say koala bear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you are wrong. It's not a bear. Yeah, there are a few Americans that listen. God bless you Mm. um, and your country. Mm. But... And your troops, uh, but <laughs> they're not bears. You're like you yeah. can't you can't be mm. saying that. It's simply just, just so a know. koala. Yeah, it's and if you're at koala. San Diego Zoo, cut it out. It's mm. take no bears. <laughs> <laughs> just visit the koala. Um, but yeah, so after World War Two, like tourism to Australia is like picking up. Um, as does the export of animals to overseas zoo, like like including koalas. They're very popular. They are like, you know, they're is Kardashians in a way, not just because oh. they have this shared the initial. Oh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and the butt, okay, yeah. yeah. It's to do with their figure. Um, <laughs> but they, it comes naturally to the koala, though. It's differently. Okay, so... <laughs> And yeah, and what are you claiming still here now? for the first time on air? What are you claiming? <laughs> what accusations are you slinging around? <laughs> that the Kardashians. I don't know. 
are famous in the same way that koalas were in the 30s. Okay, we'll leave it at that. And they model their appearance on the koala, perhaps. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that's mm. in the latest season. I don't know. Yeah, I've never seen it, so who knows? Anyway, we've I've lost track. <laughs> um, yes, uh, like Australian embassies, like now and for ages, forever, have like used koalas in their kind of marketing or like things to give people information about Australia, like particularly if they're targeting kids. Um, and also like a bit of a side note, but in the course of my research, I saw someone describe like the Blinky Bill TV show <clears throat> as a radical environmentalist children's show. Wow. Thinking about it, that's true. Like the movie, there's it's a, they're talking about like deforestation and mm. bushfires and stuff. Blinky <clears throat> Bill was the Captain Planet of our nanny's childhood. Yeah, loss of habitat. It's still a real problem. I feel like I've like breathed something in. I feel like it was a little bit of a biscuit. That I had eaten. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm free. Oh, okay, it's all professional here, folks. Mm. But yeah, so Blinky Bill is a cartoon koala. And he was actually created in the 1930s. And so I think that also, the, like, the emergence of that cartoon and also then the ability to send physical koalas out places, that kind of really did a lot for the, the brand image of the koala. But also post-World um, War Two was our mm. highest wave of immigration in Australia as well. Yeah. And it was countries mm-hmm. outside of the UK who were starting to move over here and so I imagine you know if you were from eastern Europe or continental Europe and you moved over here and you saw a bloody koala you're probably going to write a letter about it like that's something to write home about you know yeah it genuinely is they're pretty exciting um but yeah so there's a lot of pictures um of people holding koalas and lots of like reports about it so for example Queen Elizabeth obviously has held a koala. Prince Harry, um, the Emperor Emperor Naruhito and Empress Masako of Japan, although this was when they were Crown Prince and Princess respectively. Mm-hmm. They've they've held the koalas. Um, <clears throat> Pope John Paul II, US President Bill Clinton, Soviet Premier Mikhail Gorbachev, I think that's how you pronounce that. And sure. of course, Nelson Mandela. All these people have been photographed on, you know, their official visits holding koalas. And most recently, Chriselle Staus, um, everyone's new favourite queer who is dating Mm. (laughs) G-Flip. Ah, did they go to like, where is it, Lone Pine? (laughs) uh, No, it was in in Mm. Sydney somewhere. At Taronga, probably. Probably Taronga, yeah. Yeah. Our most oh, latest um, diplomatic relationship to have been yeah. established. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, but so the term koala diplomacy. Um, in 2014, G20 in Brisbane, um, mm-hmm. like political like summit thing, hosted by then Prime Minister Tony Abbott, this is when the term koala diplomacy kind of catches on, enters the zeitgeist. Um bunch of people hold koalas um including there's photographs like you would have seen them it's like barack obama yeah I remember and it's that. putin holding koalas like yeah. they did i mean all the world leaders were offered 
to hold them. Most were keen, um, except for a few, including the German Chancellor at the time, Angela Merkel. I'm always never sure if it's Angela or Angela. Anyway, um, and the British PM, David Cameron. They're like, no, thank you. Wow. Okay, sure. Yeah. And I mean, fair enough, because like, I think at G20, no one was, no one was like pooed on. <laughs> like it was fine. Like, and you know, but so maybe they've happen. held before. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Merkel's pretty serious. Maybe she just didn't want it. Mm. I saw her nice during suit. G20, actually. Mm. Eyewitness account. Um, mm. Well, I saw her car go past because I was doing tech in the CBD, which was horrific during mm. G20 because oh, we God. weren't allowed to carry lighters or eggs or anything um, in the city. <laughs> but her car went past and can verify was not holding a koala. Mm. So There we go. It's our eyewitness on eyewitness the ground. Yep. Um, but yeah, Singapore working, like they wanted like a, a private sitting. They got to hang out with the koala. Oh, on their a own private too. sitting with the yeah. koala. Mm. That's what how it's they, described. Do you know what they spoke about? What was on the agenda? Uh, I can't imagine. Chlamydia. <laughs> the many benefits of eucalyptus and yeah, <laughs> ways to treat chlamydia. Um Blinky Bill. And yeah, so then in by in twenty sixteen actually koala diplomacy is the Oxford word of the month for December. And so mm-hmm. essentially koala diplomacy is it's a form of soft power diplomacy. Literal is what it is called. Um and it is kind of takes its name from panda diplomacy, which is what China uh, does. Yes, of course. Yeah. And They've literally done it for centuries. It's like giving a panda as a gift. Um, it's like a big like symbol. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's like for diplomatic reasons. China actually now leases the pandas, like oh. which is like quite ex- it's quite expensive. I mean, to care for a panda, very expensive. So they have it on like a lease, and so whoever his whoever is like hosting the panda. <laughs> pays China to have the panda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if Australia zoos are leased or if they've, you know, paid out in full or if they were a gift. Mm, it depends how long Fast Terry. we've had them. Yeah, because they could be a – if they've been here for a while, they could have been a gift. Mm. Um, but if they're a more recent acquisition, they would be on loan. Um, and some of that lease money does, I think – there's like some new thing where it does go to like panda habitats in mm. in China. That's part of the the lease agreement. Um, but yeah, a famous like modern example, modern not being like super recent, is like in the 70s they gave one to Richard Nixon in the US. That was a big deal at the time, um, and he apparently then gave China two musk oxen. Good I don't know God. what that is. I don't know what a musk ox is. Um, a big cow. Is it a big cow? I think so, musk. Mm. Ox. I'm pretty sure it's like it looks like a buffalo, right? But it isn't a buffalo. Um, I've looked it up. Mm. Yeah, it's the one that looks kind of like halfway between a really big cow and a buffalo. Okay. Oh, I see. They've got kind of like a big noggin and like curly horns. Quite the hump. Like they're pretty cool. Like, I mean, they're no panda. I guess that's why they gave two. Yeah, they knew. Mm. They knew. Um, but yeah, and koalas, like pandas, are tricky to care for. Um, 
and cute. Like, but like that's what they kind of share. But and it's expensive and to care sleepy. for them. And sleepy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Slow moving. Um, but so essentially, like accepting one is a show of a commitment to a long-standing relationship. That's mm-hmm. kind of the deal, both with panda diplomacy and with koala diplomacy. Because mm-hmm. um, when the early, earlier, you know, koala diplomats, I guess were to places like the US and the UK, but now it's it's very much Asia. Yeah. Um, like loaning koalas to like Singapore and Japan. Um and they gave some to Singapore in twenty fifteen. They loaned them, Australia loaned four koalas named Paddle, Polita, Chan and Italia, I think. Unless that's I feel like that one actually is a autocorrect. Anyway, doesn't matter. Four <laughs> <Italia>. koalas. <laughs> It's something like that, but it's not that. Um, so there, that was like to Singapore for a year. And like, because 2015, um, it was a gift to mark the 50th anniversary of Australia-Singapore relations and Singapore's 50th year of independence. And they do like word it that way in the media release. It's like, mm. yes, it's about your independence, but it's like, no, it's about the relationship first. Um And in a media release about that, like Julie Bishop, who was the foreign minister at the time, refers to the Koala Diplomacy Initiative. Like she refers as like an initiative. Yeah. Um, And she estimates that the advertising value from giving the four of them to Singapore is about $4 million to reach an estimated audience of 1 billion people. So that's advertising value, not what they spend. It's like that's what it gave them. Um, and like Qantas was having to ship like fresh eucalyptus leaves to Singapore yeah, for that time. They don't, yeah, they didn't. That's have, so when you some said California, have, yeah. when you said San Francisco, it was like, oh, that kind of makes mm. sense because there's eucalyptus trees there, and the climate is similar to a lot of the East Coast here, mm. that kind of West yeah. Coast. Um, but Singapore, but like, like Singapore and yeah. like Japan, they kind of like set it up. They they get a supply going. Whereas yeah. I think because for Singapore, it was like a pretty quick thing, like to organize it. So they didn't have time to establish yeah. the so trees. Qantas was like, here you go. <laughs> yeah. Fresh delivery. Mm, that would have been quite crazy. the Uber Eats bill. Yeah. <laughs> so that was 2015. And in 2016, like Australia ranked sixth globally for soft power diplomacy. Yeah, that doesn't um, surprise me. And yeah, so the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade apparently like formalized this diplomatic strategy around 2014 with a 600-page manual about Jesus. It. Yeah, like the use of koalas for soft power diplomacy. Um, 600 pages this- on the koala diplomacy specifically. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, I couldn't find that. Obviously, I can't find that particular manual. It's not for me, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, because what was I going to say? Oh, according to the Sydney Morning Herald, Julie Bishop, again, when she was foreign affairs minister, said koala diplomacy should not be underestimated as it portrays Australia in a soft light and promotes our values as an open, free, tolerant democracy. Mm. Um, and it's something that especially like the Liberal government around that time spent a lot of money on. Oh, yeah. Some people were quite critical yeah. of spending like $200,000 on koala photo shoots and stuff. Yeah. But also, like, a big part of it is, like, trying to counteract 
the image of Australia just kind of happily taking money from Asia, but not fully like participating in that sphere, like being sufficiently respectful. So it is like it's a totally a branding exercise. Yeah. But they've done Um, similar things with like shipping Tony Abbott over to the UK and obviously he's not a koala but the whole hmm. first set of images was him with Boris Johnson being like here's some Tim Tams you know and Matthias hmm. Corman gets flown around Europe and they're like Australia's just like your cool friend my guy and if you ever have a war we'll be there but in the meantime please buy our coal you know <laughs> you know it's hmm. like this image yeah. of kind of being the the larrikin that's kind of a good mate and I mm. can see how the idea of koala diplomacy ties into that because it's like we're not a threat <laughs> yeah a threat. and it's just like a a cozy recognizable mm. symbol and it is like second only to the panda um and because when you talk about like in I guess like like movies and writing and stuff they talk about like save the cat like it's like a character will be shown like saving a cat or doing something good and this is yes. then you like like them and I feel like this is like the political equivalent of that it's just like look yeah it's why politicians like hold babies yeah it's like I can't be yeah maybe Blake Snyder can hit up the Australian government for a commission mm. you took my save the koala. cat model. yeah mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's a thing. That's what, like, what I was surprised by is that it is, it's there, it's like a diplomatic strategy, strategy with a manual. Yeah, the manual really gets me that it's 600 mm. pages long. Like, that's, yeah, that's, and I mean, partly it's to do with because, like, if you're sending koalas to a zoo overseas i think that sort of thing is how you could end up filling a a manual because there's they are complicated Mm. creatures like their transport and their care maybe there's some case studies in the manual from Mm. prior i don't know yeah and like (laughs) what not to do yeah um the goals i guess yeah because it's all about just like getting like furthering your the image of the country well I guess it's the same because say like Albanese riding a bike around Indonesia like there's all kinds of different stuff that people do mm. for like the soft power Scott Morrison um, but playing it's... soccer mm. <laughs> the fall um, was pretty hard but you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like whereas the koalas and the pandas literally soft yeah yeah it's interesting that the koala has is a is more recognizable than the kangaroo like i i think Mm. if people were to ask me what's the most iconic animal of australia i would say kangaroo first but Mm. i guess yeah because of the level of diplomacy involved with koalas and they're good toys as well like it's so much of our um souvenir (laughs) Souvenir income is like, buy this koala for your grandkid back in, you know, back in England. Mm, all those or little ones that are like a little like clip, they go yeah, on your pen, the your pencil. clip on the pens and the key rings mm. and the, you know, it's very easy to kind of, yeah. Yep. Well, there you go. Yeah. So that's, that's that. That's what koala diplomacy is. 
Well, hopefully just ship them around. the government can recognize that if they want to keep um, using koalas in their diplomatic tactics, they probably need to do something about the fact that they are dying. So yeah. not to be real mm. grim for a second, everybody, but to be a bit grim, like, mm. it's not great. They're so. losing a lot of habitat very rapidly. Yeah. 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 Mm. Anyway. The end. <laughs> Yeah, politics is wild. Um, my oh, my sources for this were Wikipedia, the Sydney Morning Herald, the Conversation, Atlas Obscura, and the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Mm, good old DFAT. Mm. Okay, all right. Well, um, follow us on Instagram at Australiano Rama, uh, and in our next episode in a fortnight is Maddie's turn. Yes, and I'm going to be doing an episode on the 1940 Canberra air crash, which mm. was quite significant. I'm pretty sure I know nothing about it, but also it's possible that it's come up in other episodes. It and was I won't briefly remember. mentioned in a prior episode um, Interesting. as a thing that happened around the time. Okay, cool. All right. So um, I don't remember, but it rings a bell. So that'll, that's always exciting. Hooray. Cool. All right. Great. See you then.